Our first gospel reading today is from Luke 19, beginning with verse 28. Please stand with me as we read it together. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And when he had come near Bethpage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, Order your disciples to stop. And he answered them, I tell you, if these others were silent, the stones would shout out. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Blessed is the king, they said. Peace in heaven is what they shouted. But behind those shouts of acclamation, Uh, is angst. Jerusalem was a place that knew fear and tragedy. It was ruled by a foreign power, the Roman Empire. And though Rome claimed that it brought peace to the world, the experience of many in Jerusalem was rather of an empire of violence. In Jesus' youth, Rome crushed a revolt in Galilee where Jesus spent most of his life. And according to the Roman historian Josephus, uh, crucified 2,000 men. You see, though, though Rome indulged Jewish religion, it tolerated no threats against its political power. Only a few years after Jesus' life, Rome would besiege Jerusalem after a revolt, destroying the temple and crucifying rebels by the hundreds. It is in that world that the people who shouted at Jesus' uh, arrival lived. And their shouts are the cry of a people who don't know blessing or peace, but think that it might be at hand in the new king, Jesus. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. And they were right. Jesus had come to be king. And his entrance was a claim that God's rule was coming to Jerusalem. He began on the Mount of Olives place where the prophet Zechariah had said that the Lord himself would one day stand while waging battle against the nations that had plundered Jerusalem. And then he rode into the city on a donkey. And Zechariah told of this too. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem, he prophesied. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he. Humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. The crowd 
who shouted as Jesus arrived in Jerusalem would no doubt have had these words in mind, even as they remembered rival kings, men like Alexander the Great and Antiochus IV Epiphanes and Herod the Great and now even Pontius Pilate who had entered into the city on war horses. And when Jesus is challenged by some of the Pharisees who tell him to get his disciples to shut up, again, he comes back with the words of a prophet. If they stay silent, the, the stones themselves will be shouting out. It's a vision of justice and judgment. Habakkuk had warned that those who had gotten evil gain for themselves, that against those people, the stones of Jerusalem would shout out for God to make things right. And so the crowd of disciples is right about Jesus. He is the king. He's there to bring blessing and peace. Peace not only to the earth as the heavenly host sang at Jesus' birth, but in heaven itself. But the crowd is also wrong about him. Because the kind of kingdom that Jesus is bringing is not the kind of kingdom that the world envisions. A kingdom of power and retribution. Rather, it's the kind of kingdom that looks like crucifixion. It's the kind of victory that looks like defeat. Back in chapter 13 of Luke's Gospel, Jesus sets his sights on Jerusalem and begins his journey there. And along the way, he teaches in the towns and villages. He says that the kingdom of God is coming in a way that can't be observed, a kingdom in our very midst. And he tells parables about uh, banquet halls being filled with unlikely partygoers, the poor, the crippled, the blind, and stories about the lost being found, and stories about seeking God even when the world seems to be ruled by unjust judges. He says that Jerusalem is the city that kills the prophets and stones those sent to them. And he prophesies that the Son of Man will be handed over, mocked, flogged, and killed, only to rise again. And then when Jesus arrives in Jerusalem, he goes immediately to the temple and drives out the people who are buying and selling. And then he tells parables condemning the city. And he predicts that the temple and the city itself will be destroyed. But, he says, watch out. Watch out, the Son of Man is coming, and when He does, your redemption is near. You see, Jesus rides into Jerusalem as King. When He rides into Jerusalem as King, it's that kingdom that He's bringing. He's bringing judgment, but it's the kind of judgment He'll take on Himself. He's bringing justice, but it's He Himself who will pay what each of us owes. He's coming to be king, but his kingship will now be declared by the sign of the cross. This is the king of the Jews. This is a different kind of kingdom that Jesus brings. A kingdom that looks like failure. A kingdom that looks like powerlessness. A kingdom that looks like defeat and death. A kingdom that looks like the cross. And even more, even more, a kingdom that is confident that through failure and powerlessness and defeat and death, that God's victory is assured, that resurrection and new life are just around the corner, and that the God who made this world will make a new one. And so as we begin this journey through Holy Week, as we shout Hosanna and remember the events that would take Jesus from his triumphant entry to the temple, and then, and then to the cross, that we would know the kingdom that he brings.
That, he, that we would know the path that he calls us to. Let's ask, ask ourselves this week if we're willing to take that journey with him. If we're willing to walk that path that he has for us. It's a path, it's a road that doesn't look like the kind of power that the world desires. It's a way that leads to trouble and trial and even death. But it's a way that Jesus takes us through the cross and by the cross to the throne of God, whose power and glory knows no end. Amen.